Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s put together a bonus episode at the very last minute to talk about anime. Folks, I am your protagonist tonight. I am Red. My name is Andy. And with me tonight, it's not Bill. It's not Josh. I've got my rifle. It's pretty accurate. He's blue. His name is Ray. Wait, this is tuning Japanese? Yeah. I didn't sign up for this. Wait, wait, wait. What did you, what did you think this was? Um, Furries R Us. Oh my goodness. Uh, no, but hey, good news though. It's not quite Furries R Us, but I've got really good news for you. We're going to be talking about lots of furry kind of things today because we are not talking about Excel Saga. We're going to be talking about Pokemon Generations. Is that is that going to suffice? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. We'll go. <laughs> we'll go with that. So, anyway, we're not doing the episode review of Excel Saga episode twenty six going too far quite yet because we had some issues getting Josh and Bill in the same room. We're I, actually doing an episode on Andy's mom. This is not what is happening. Um, we have talked about my mom a little bit on episodes in the past, and it usually ends in tears, so we're not doing that again. No, we are Your talking... Your tears or others' people? <laughs> usually both. Uh, so we are going to talk about Pokemon Generations, but before we do that, it is customary on the show, when we have someone who is new, that they talk about themselves a little bit, and the question that we ask is, Ray, tell us who you are and how you got into anime. Well, I am the... Artist for Shadowvane Podcast and Tuning Japanese. Mm-hmm. Aside from being the illustrator for Shadowvane and Tuning Japanese, I also do Aspects of Evil art, uh, horror movie articles, where I review evil beings, how they make me feel, fear, if that's deep-seated in the human psyche, and what have you. Yeah, and like movies, specifically. So it's pretty cool. Pretty pretty awesome. I like it. Uh, and check those articles out. They are fantastic. Uh, the new one hopefully will be out pretty quick after this episode, or maybe even right before this episode comes out. That'd be great. A sneak peek. It's... The Exorcist. Ooh, so if you like to suck cocks in hell, then uh, then that movie and that article are for you. Uh, so, or masturbate with crucifixes. There's that too. That movie is fucked up. The first anime that I ever encountered was obviously Dragon Ball Z. Ah, uh, yes. We'd rush home from school off of the bus. Nice. Um, booking it home just to turn on the TV and watch some Goku. Nice. So you and all of your 500 siblings would like pack around your TV and watch it? I'd say about 498 siblings. Oh, okay, so a few more weren't into it then? There might have been a couple that died. Oh, gosh. Well, it was Dragon Ball Z, so it makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, um, <laughs> what, what kind of anime do you watch now, then? Um, all sorts. Um, I've watched bits and pieces of Excel Saga. A classic. I guess I can say it's really hard to watch the whole entire thing because it is a quack experiment. It is a quack experiment. It is very much so. So, um, I have watched Trigun, uh, Cowboy Bebop, I've watched the full way through, which, and I love to love the ending. Darn right. And just a bunch of others. I would say, movie-wise, I love Vampire Hunter D. I know Josh talks a lot about that. So does Bill. As well as Bill. Yeah, they both love Um, Vampire Hunter D. It's a good movie. mm -hmm. Uh, and you've seen both of them, right? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. I also have some of the manga. Manga. Mungo. Uh, so... (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh is that the past tense of that, that, manga that that is uh yeah that that's a that's a running gag on the show i know that also how do you catch a running gag uh we don't want to go into that uh, that's the, that's for our after dark episode there's a reference that's the episode that i wanted to be in <laughs> that that's a that's a reference to the rundown wrestling podcast uh, also oh, on sorry. the question I mean... <laughs> on the questionable endeavor network questendnetwork.com uh so you are, we, we talk about on the show how we don't really like some of the really popular animes. We don't really get into things like Bleach and Naruto, but we know um, that, um, uh, what, what? <laughs> Bleach, yes. Oh, that's right. That's Bleach. right. I forgot. You, you absolutely love Bleach. I've seen you watch lots of Bleach and I'm usually As really confused. As I run around confused. the house yelling, Ichigo Kurosan. Ichigo Kurosan. Oh, I, I also want to make it very clear that Ray is my better half that I've mentioned on the show before. So literally, so, I'm half of a person. It, it really is. Compared it's, to him. If you ever see us in per, yeah, if you ever see us in person, he's kind of like remember Guado. Uh, was it Guado? Was the name of the the little half thing from uh, <laughs> from, from Metalocalypse? I promise, I'm not that ugly. <laughs> you you mean like, Total Recall? Oh, okay, but wasn't that also? Oh, that was a ra- okay. Got it. Yeah, there duh, might have been an duh, a, a that was an illusion, perhaps from Metalocalypse. I hope this isn't an illusion. Uh, it's it's reality, my friend. Um, so no, we are going to talk about a different anime today. We're going to talk about Pokemon, and before we get into Pokemon Generations, which is what we're going to review the first episode of today, let's talk a little bit about Pokemon in general and our love for Pokemon, because I think of our group of friends and the people who are on Tuning Japanese. You and I are kind of the most obsessed with Pokemon. So, I would agree. So when did you start playing Pokemon? Did you start with the original Red and Blue? Did you have a Game Boy with those games? Actually, I started off with Yellow. That came out on the Game Boy Color, right? Yes, it was the first Pokemon game to come out in the Game Boy Color. I would say I started off with Yellow, um, but I may have backtracked some time in there to either Red or Blue. I can't mm-hmm. recall. I don't really recall much of them because it's been so long. The next thing I recall playing in the Pokemon series is uh, Pokemon Snap oh, for the 64. You played Pokemon Snap? Yeah. I we own that on the 64. Don't think I ever played Pokemon Snap. It was a brief playing time because I was a little bit older by that point. Right. I, I'm sure I was in You would have been in high school because yeah. I think I Actually, remember... I think I might have graduated high school. Really? Well, I maybe when remember. you played it. I, I know that like uh, Pokemon Stadium came out when we were in high school. Yeah. And I remember playing that a lot. So yeah, okay. So then you you played. That's a kind of obscure game. That's interesting. Our family really played those games a lot. More so my younger brothers than, than myself. And I had another brother who would collect all the Pokemon cards and he had a full binder of them. Ah, yes. Which unfortunately got stolen and then he stole it back. I, I don't think I really got back into Pokemon in, until we got together. I remember playing pokemon diamond before i met you i think and i had not i had kind of dropped out of pokemon after pokemon yellow because i never played ruby or or emerald or sapphire like though that trilogy i skipped that one and i know the next one was pearl and diamond and when that one came out i was actually kind of excited and i put a lot of time into that game and i think that you own pearl do you not i own pearl yeah Black. Black. Yeah, that's right, because I, I bought I bought Pokemon White. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I think we, we kind of just got right back into it and played a lot of the games back-to-back. The Pokemon game that I got back into was Pearl mm-hmm. for the 3DS. Right. And then it was X, and then I kind of went back. Kind of went back to there. Black, mm-hmm. and I think Black 2, right? Didn't we get the sequel? Or maybe we didn't get the sequel. I, no, maybe we, we didn't. didn't. I don't that. think we got those. So there's a Pokemon game we haven't played out there. Yeah, then on to the updated versions of Sapphire and Ruby. And I now own Alpha Sapphire 
right now. Yep, and then now we're waiting on Pokemon Sun and Moon and just been playing Pokemon Go. So a lot of Pokemon mm-hmm. going on in this household. As far as the animes, I believe when I was younger, I only watched a few episodes here and there. I wasn't too much into watching the actual episodes. Oh, I was into it. I was so into Pokemon. Like, I was embarrassingly into Pokemon. Like, my friend, like, my friend Will and I, uh, we've mentioned on the show before, we went to the, one of the, like, the opening week of the showing of the first Pokemon movie, just so we could get the Pokemon cards, and, and we felt a little out of place there, considering the fact that, like, we were a little bit older at the time when that movie came out. I'm pretty sure you probably dressed up as Pikachu. I, there may be video of that somewhere, but we're not gonna post that anywhere. It's called, uh, Red Tube? I don't believe that's where that's at. Uh, do not Google <laughs> Pokemon and my name on RedTube. You Andy, will... Pikachu. Yeah, or yeah, just Red don't, tube. don't do it. Do it. Don't, don't. Speaking of the cartoons, what we are going to talk about today is the first episode of Pokemon Generations. And I first talked about Pokemon Generations, I think it was last episode on Tuning Japanese. It was my nerd news. And they had just released episodes one and episodes two. For those of you who aren't familiar or have been living under a rock and haven't seen or heard anything about Pokemon Generations, it's a brand new mini-series that they've put out of episodes where instead of the cartoon where things kind of drag on and it is kind of just loosely based on what happens in the actual video games, this is going to be a more accurate representation that takes you through the different games in order, which is pretty awesome. And from what I hear, there's going to be 18 different episodes that they're going to air, one new one a week, on their YouTube channel between, I think they started September 16th, and they're going all the way to just around Christmas. So definitely... Very cool, and all these episodes are really short. It's a mini-series, and they're mini-episodes of like three to five minutes. So I figured they'd make really good content for a mini-sode when we, you know, kind of have some time in between Excel Saga and whatever our next anime will end up being. And when we don't have uh, the time to actually record an episode with the, with the, the host here. So you'll get a quick little review, and again, like we do on Tuning Japanese, it's something that you can watch. And you can send us your feedback of what you think of the episodes by emailing us at tuningjapanese at gmail.com or heading over to our website or forums at tuningjapanese.com or questandnetwork.com. So uh, episode one, we sat down, we watched it just a little bit ago. It's called The Adventure. And overall, before we, we get into the review, I just want to kind of get your overall thoughts. What do you think of them going and doing a series like this? Do you think it's necessary or this is a, a cool idea or a bad idea to do this sort of generations thing? In my opinion, I think it's a good way to bring some of the fan base back in and also to reiterate some of the the history of Pokemon to newer generations who are just getting into the Pokemon craze, I would call it. Yeah. Everyone likes Pokemon now because of Pokemon Go. Yep, Pokemon Go is Um, a huge success. I'm sure there's people who hate it, but... Oh, um, haters gonna hate. But it's still very popular and... It's just a great way to really get that fan base back in and also to get people pumped up for Pokemon Sun and Moon. It's good marketing. I agree, because Pokemon Sun and Moon comes out in November, so a lot of these will already be out by then. And what's really cool about this entire thing is that it's a nice way to cap off the 20th anniversary of Pokemon. Uh, We're still celebrating that. That's this year. And it'll go right up to the end of the year. So it's kind of a really cool way to kind of say thank you. And it's a love letter, I think, to the series. And don't forget, they are giving away Pokemon every month until the end of December. Yes, if you have I, copies of X or Y or Sapphire or Ruby, uh, you can get onto the download function on on the games. And I think the one right now is Victini, is it not? Yep, this month is Victini. And some of them you have to go to GameStop to get mm-hmm. if you're in the United States. 
Yeah, I don't know if there's GameStops elsewhere. I don't know if that's just a U.S. thing or not. But but yeah, they're uh, they're exclusive. Different Pokemon that you normally would have a lot of trouble finding or even getting, because I know that one of them was Mew at one point. Like you, like that, that was, was one that that was the initial one, which is cool, and that makes sense. They start with that one. You know, you can't get it unless you play like Pokemon Ranch and you like upload five billion eggs or whatever it is on there, and I, that's the only like legal way to actually get Mew. So and it's cool they did that. I always keep track of it on Pokemon Global Link because I'm a registered trainer on there with yes. both of my Alpha Sapphire and Pokemon X games. I forgot all about Global Link. That's cool. Um, but you can check the events calendar and you can search by location and they tell you where and when to get them. Uh, so cool. I recommend cashing in on that because they are basically free legendary Pokemon. Which is fan. You don't even have to cheat. Which I wouldn't recommend. Not that anyone in this household has ever done that. Never. Never. So, let's talk about <laughs> episode one. So, episode one begins with this really cool black and white scene that is really familiar to people like us that grew up with the original Game Boy and playing red or blue, right? Or, if you're me, potentially even green in Japanese because you heard somewhere on the internet in the early days that if you had the Japanese version, you could go to the SSN and swim over, and use strength on that truck, and move it, and get Mew, and spend $50 on a Game Boy game back in, like, the 90s. But, like, yeah, yeah we're not going to go there. And by black and white, he doesn't mean the actual Pokemon game's black and white. I don't. He means playing on a Game Bo- original Game Boy you in see, black and white. back in my day, Pokemon was played on a Game Boy that used four AA batteries, <laughs> and was as big as, well, I don't know, a brick. You could probably hurt someone with those things. I think you should... That's your real voice, isn't it? That, that, I work really hard to to make this my voice. Sometimes I slip into it when I when I just feel the age. But anyway, uh, like, so... Like a nightgown? Yes, I slip into it like a nightgown. Uh, so, <laughs> there's a picture of that somewhere, too. Oh, but God. anyway, we're not going to go tube. there. Red tube. Uh, it's not red tube. So, it is. what's cool is we get an opening in the old black and white. It's got the, the same open when you turn on your Game Boy, and you've got, like, the 95, 96, 98, or whatever the years our Game Freak Nintendo loads and up the game. What is up with that little weird image of with the Game Freak? I'm sorry, but it does look like a vagina to me. Wait, what? What image with the Game Freak looks like a vagina? Their little symbol underneath. Uh, when the right star above. goes by. Yeah, I think that's the part. I I'm gonna have to rewatch watch, this. Watch the Pokemon Generations. They play it on there. Okay. It looks like a swirly vagina. Okay, I'm gonna have to rewatch that and look for the swirly vagina. It, when it starts up, it's pretty cool because. They ask you, a new gamer continues, so it's a new game, which I thought was a kind of a cool touch, because again, this is going back into the history. It's like we're just beginning, and this is the start of it all. Well, and also, they did re-release Pokemon Red, Blue, Blue and, and yellow. yellow on the Nintendo eShop. Yes. Um, and I know I cashed in on that sale, so I eventually I will go back and play that. Um, yes, I, I have time yet. I have been playing Pokemon Red, and I'm almost to the very end of the game. And That's right, I got blue. It holds up. It really holds up. Uh, even after all this time, it's a fantastic game. We get an opening scene where the main character, Red, is walking through the Viridian Forest. Or blue. Okay, fine, or blue. Is walking through the Viridian Forest. Blue, the blue version. Okay, sorry. Is so. walking through the Viridian Forest, but canonically, they always call him Red. Or Ash, if we're watching the uh, original anime. We get a scene where he's going through the forest, and we get that scene where we cut away to the battle. It's a Pikachu, a level three. The original kind of drawings of it. A really fat Pikachu, Yes, because the, the original Pikachu was very fat, 
and really puffy and cute and adorable. Maybe Not he, that Pikachu isn't adorable anyway. Maybe he ate a lot of Caterpies. Oh, it's possible. Really Speaking of Caterpie, we'll get there in a second. So he throws the Pokeball. This is all still game, by the way, which is cool. Like, they, they spend, like, the first 30 seconds to a minute of this actually showing the gameplay. Catches Pikachu. It says, congratulations, it's caught. And then we get this really badass transition where we see a shadow, an animated shadow kind of hover over, and it fades from the video game world to the animated world, and we get the actual cartoon proper. And it's really cool. We get, like, the full view of the forest. We see red or blue uh, holding the Pokeball, right? What I think is the coolest thing, and I think this is this is hopefully going to hold up throughout, you don't see his face, right? They, on purpose, shade his face, which I find, like, a really cool artistic thing because as it goes on, he becomes almost like this legendary character in a way that we follow right through the games and in later games we don't even you know he's no longer around when we get to the later games he's he's there in red and blue and yellow and then when you play gold and silver he's who you have to fight at the end at the after the elite four so i think that's a cool kind of artistic choice you're into like art and stuff i don't know what did you think of that kind of opening the transition and all those different elements artistically the transition was really good because it really gives you the aspect of going from the digital to the animation Mm -hmm. and uh i believe that the shading of the face also has other other notations in anime such as depression oh yeah absolutely or so it was really interesting to see that but i know it wasn't used towards that right but you kind of get that feeling but deep down you're just putting yourself into that character right that's that's what you do in the game anyway that is that is what pokemon is all about you make it yourself you know you don't you don't leave it named red you play it as whatever your name or whatever character that you want to live through and going on this Pokemon quest. So we transition to from that to that, and he has the ball. He throws it against a tree. Um, yeah, I have to say, he would not be a very good Pokemon Go player. <laughs> Why would you say that? He threw it at a tree. <laughs> well, what? well, okay. And poor Pikachu comes out, and he's no, all like... Well, I'm glad that battered. no one does that, because, right? I mean, that that in itself, because you, you have a broken phone if you're playing Pokemon Go that way, but... So we cut to this scene where he throws the Pokeball against a tree. Pikachu comes barreling out, confused. That moment of like, what the hell just happened? I was a wild, free creature, and now I'm all of a sudden subservient to this asshole behind me who just is immediately making me fight this bug that's shooting stringy spooge at me. So, Oh, I think I know. I think I get it now. Do you? He's a brand new trainer. He doesn't know how to throw the Pokemon. Oh, that's really good, actually. That's interesting. Yeah, because he's in the first forest. Where he you is catch all the where you other... catch your first mm-hmm. kind of Pokemon. That makes a whole lot of sense, actually. Especially because like he's running around. If you notice at the beginning, he's got like, a level ten Bulbasaur. So like he's just been running around fighting with these with his Pokemon, but not actually catching anything. So there was a Bulbasaur. Yeah, well, it says yeah he he fought with the Bulbasaur. He oh, didn't he didn't actually that's right. attack that's with the Bulbasaur. The but that's how you caught the Pikachu. Uh, well, it was a Bulbasaur, but. To me, it was a derpy sore. A derpy sore. Well, again, remember, the original game had some interesting designs. Especially, yeah, there were some weird ones. Just go back and look at some of the original artwork if you're if you're kind of not familiar with the newer, sorry, the older games. I have to say I did like the whole Gengar battling the Nidoran. Yeah, it was a Nidorino. Nidorino, Yeah, right. at the beginning, because yep. that's what we see in the beginning of uh, Pokemon Red and Blue, which is and pretty And, of cool. course, Gengar won. Of course, because Gengar's fantastic. Yes. Which is reminiscent, too, in the original Pokemon anime, they did a similar thing where they had that scene where those two are fighting, and then it pans out 
to the animation, and they're actually in a stadium, and Ash Ketchum is watching that on TV. So I thought that was kind of a kind of a cool thing that they used a similar sort of idea like they did with the original anime. That would be cool if they did that again, but as two Pokemon were battling from mm-hmm. the Game Boy versions, and then kind of do some crazy transition like they did, and then show them in other games. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be really cool because that's kind of what it seems like it's going towards too mm-hmm. is following this chronological yes, storyline of absolutely. of the games, right? And then it would be cool to see some of that also. I think so too. That'd be really awesome. I hope they do kind of try something like that visually. So we get this first fight with the Caterpie, and what's kind of cool is that the Pikachu does seem kind of weak. It's it's not having an easy time with this Caterpie, which is interesting as we go along. You'll notice that not only the type of Pokemon that Pikachu fights gets more difficult and more difficult, but you could see how he evolves as a Pokemon. Like, here he is. He's gone on all these adventures. He's probably level 100 by the time, you know, we get to the final scene here, and it's just really neat to see how different he is with power and strategy. Really neat. So he fights this Caterpie. We get a very short kind of battle scene here, and then we get a, what surprised me, a scene where we see Zapdos fly by. I don't know, what did you think about the inclusion? This is going to be the first of several, inclusion of one of these rare Pokemon, these legendary Pokemon. Well, I mean, and it was weird that Zapdos was the choice. I don't know if it was they were just typing it with the electric Pokemon. Maybe. There's also Articuno and Moltres. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the choice, why it was Zapdos. Maybe it's one of the popular ones. Where where did you find, I think, didn't you find Zapdos in the electric, I'm trying to think where it was in the game. I think there was like an electric plant, and I think that's where you found him. So he wouldn't have been just flying around. Yeah, I can't remember. But, and I think, if you think, I think back to the original anime, it was Moltres that he sees, I, I remember correctly. There, at the end of the first episode, he sees a legendary Pokemon flying by, and I want to say it was Moltres or Articuno. Oh, nope, you're right. Uh, oh, wait. I think it was. I think it was Moltres, uh, because I think it was because it was that kind of fiery image with it mm-hmm. against the sun. Uh, oh, because and, that's the whole phoenix. Yeah, like the, and, yes. Yep. So that's the symbolism. So maybe there's like a callback here to what we saw in the first episode of the animated one as well. So yeah, we get that scene, then we cut away, and now we've we've moved on in the journey, which again is really cool. It's like it's giving us. What's neat about this episode is we get an overall view of the entire journey that he takes, even to a point, as we'll get to the very end, where the journey continues. We go to the Johto region at a Krutik city where he's running along, I guess there's like like a city street a with canal. like a, a canal, and there's a bunch of whooper or whoopers. Would it be whooper? Would it be plural? I feel like whooper, plural is whooper. Maybe whoopers. Whoopie? Uh, yeah, whoopie. Not whoopie. A whoopie. Oh, whoopie pies. Uh, Whoopi they, Goldberg. Their faces kind of look like Whoopi cushions. There were lots of Whoopi Goldbergs swimming in the in the uh, in the canal. What's cool is I like this this scene because he uses his probably like thunder shock attack on him, expecting hey they're in water, they're water type, but they're not hurt. Do you know why? Yes, I know why. Why? I why? It out before you. Ah, oh, I know you did. All right, I'll let because you say. Because they are water ground type. Yes, and that's how I always kick your ass. That is true. You do that every time. With you have an uncanny ability when we fight in Pokemon to pick those combinations of types that I don't remember what the other type is, and then I get completely screwed and lose. That's because that's the only way I can beat you. That's aw. Oh, that makes me feel happy. In game, oh. in real life, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Uh, we have our real life Pokemon <laughs> battles. Uh, so what I like about the battle there is that Pikachu really looks confused because he's like, "Wait a minute, those are water types." So it's really cool that he doesn't understand. He's learning. He's still trying to figure out this whole fighting adventure thing. And he's still learning because the Pikachu climbed up a tree that's overhanging the canal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he used his Thunder Shock. Was it? Yes. 
attack on them, and it didn't do anything, of course. Right. And then the the whoopers decided that they were going to... Fight back. Fight back. and, <laughs> and uh, Use, like, bubble or something on them, or, or water gun, probably. Water and, gun, probably. Yeah, and then just blasted poor Pikachu. And then we get a scene with Lugia, because, uh, again, this is coming from Gold and Silver now. We're moving on to the second game in the series, and he flies by. So that was cool. So it looks like we're going to build this thematic idea. It almost looked like Lugia saved Pikachu from falling in the water. Yeah, it kind of looked like it, actually, which is which is kind of neat. Because, yeah. again, that ties into the Pokemon movies, where they have the legendary Pokemon, where Pikachu often befriended those legendary Pokemon for the most part. So that's kind of neat. I thought the whole point of Pikachu loving people was the more you got shocked, the more they loved you. Yeah, that's true. Then why didn't he shock, like, the other Pokemon? Uh... Good question. It's kind of like when you rub your feet across the carpet and then you go to kiss someone or touch them. You zap them. Yes. It's exactly that. We cut away to our third battle, the Hoenn region at the Weather Institute from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, where Pikachu is now fighting a Vigoroth, which, for those who don't remember, is the big sloth middle evolution before he becomes uh, slacking or whatever. Which, I love the puns. I, have I ever mentioned how much I love the puns that Pokemon names are? They're pretty fantastic. Well, you're a punny person. I so. am. <laughs> After good. almost nine, ten years of being uh, And I'm still alive, folks. Uh, so he's fighting Vigoroth for across... Now. For now. Across this really cool suspended bridge. Unlike, you know, in the video game where you're... There's not a lot of things in the environment with the exception of some of the later games where they added things like weather. And, like, flying battles and stuff like that. This was kind of cool to see they're, they're actually fighting across this sort of bridge. Could you fight on a bridge in that region before? I don't think you could. Because there had to be grass. That's right. That's yeah, right. there had to be grass. Unless there was a grassy bridge. but I can't recall. I don't know either. Uh, so there, that fight goes on. The, the bridge breaks. And in comes flying Latios and Latias. Again, from Ruby and Sapphire. So again, another kind of cool battle scene. And we cut away again to the Sinnoh region. From Diamond and Pearl at the Snowpoint Temple, where he's fighting a Probo Pass. Which, if again, if you don't remember what that is, that's the. It's a weird Pokemon. It really is. Like, it's like a trapezoid triangular thing with yeah. a mustache and a nose, like a giant nose. Yes. What's really neat about this battle was as he Pikachu is trying to fight this thing, which is, I believe, a Rock type, right? So trying to use Lightning as a Rock type is not exactly the best idea. Uh, while he's fighting him. He actually also, we see those weird little ear things that are on the side. I guess they're ears. I don't know. They're like mini Probo Passes. They like fly off and start laser shooting, which is really neat. I thought that was kind of a cool bit. Because again, it's, it's a kind of a very creative sort of use of some combat there. They fight for a while, and then what we had to look up, because I forgot that this was even a Pokemon, uh, Regigigas comes up, which, I don't know, do you want to explain Regigigas since I didn't know who he was and we had to look him up? Regigigas is the combined form of Regirock, Regice, and Registeel. Ah, yes. Which is kind of cool. I, I always like the fact that that's you can have that separate Pokemon but still have the other ones, which doesn't make sense. Like, hey, I could fight with all four of those, even though one's a combined form. But yeah, no, that was a pretty cool thing. He, like, pulls himself up out of that temple, and that was just really badass. Totally cool. And in-game, that's where you actually go... When you have all three of those Pokemon in your party to awaken Regigigas is the Snowpoint okay. Temple. Okay, cool. Very cool. Uh, we switch to the fifth battle, we, which is in the Unova region at the Relic Castle. And this was cool because it kind of broke away from the others where the others were just immediately him fighting stuff. Like here he is actually like crawling through a desert. 
which actually I think is your favorite. Yeah, I uh, when I played Pokemon Black, mm-hmm. Relic Castle was probably my favorite area to go and um, level up some of my Pokemon, mm-hmm. and also to catch some of those uh, Zen form Darmanitans. Oh yeah, that's true. And I think we see some, right? There's some actually like hanging out there, right? Yes, there's some out in the sand, just like what you would see in the game. Yeah, which is pretty cool. He's he as in Pikachu is apparently on his own. We don't even see his trainer in this part. Is kind of wandering along, and then as he's going through this temple or this castle, right? He actually finds a bit of quicksand and drops down where he the sand pit. Yeah, the sand pit where he actually awakens a, a Volcanion And what's really cool about this point is that you could see how much Pikachu has changed and evolved from the very beginning where he's fighting that Caterpie. Here he's where he's fighting the Volcanion. He's actually smart enough to actually kick up a bit of the floor and use it as kind of a kind of a defense against the fire attack. Yeah, he actually uses a move, Iron Tail, on a brick in the mm-hmm. flooring. Right. And it pops up to um, deflect one of the attacks of Volcanions. I'm not sure which one yeah, that is. Which, but... is, which is really cool, because if you've seen Black and White, the uh, anime Black and White for Pokemon, that was an attack that uh, Pikachu used quite a bit, was, mm-hmm. was Iron Tail. So it's neat that they kept that move with him uh, for the exact same season in the anime when he used it quite a bit. And then he uses some sort of like volt tackle or volt switch or some attack on him. He knocks him right into the back wall. Yeah, he knocks him to the wall. Yeah, and that awakens Landris, which is pretty cool. Landris, those uh, genie Pokemon are pretty badass. They are, but I... I don't know. I really didn't use them all that much when I played yeah. the game, so... Well, I see, I'm the kind of player that I don't really use Legendaries that much. In Omega Ruby, which I'm playing right now still and trying to beat, I actually am on the Elite Four finally after having the game forever, uh, I use a Celebi. So, yeah, I, I don't really use those Legendary Pokemon a lot, but I think the design of the Genie Pokemon are pretty cool looking. Actually, that's where I'm at in Alpha Sapphire as well. Oh, really? Is heading to the nice. Elite Four. Nice, very cool. And then we get our sixth and last battle in the Kalos region, which uh, we go to Terminus Cave. And this is a cool scene because we actually get a kind of a, an action scene where uh, our trainer, Red or Blue or whatever, and Pikachu are in a, a, a mine shaft in a cart, and it's kind of racing along, and they're being chased by a, a, no- a Noivern. And that battle is really awesome. Like, that actually makes me wonder if they're going to get out of it okay. Thanks to some cool moves, jumping, and some amazing shocks from Pikachu, they do manage to best the Noivern and end up in this really large open cave. And here's the cool part. Instead of finding Zygarde himself like you would find normally, you actually see Zygarde's complete form, which is not going to be revealed officially in a game until sun and moon so really i that last little bit there was an interesting choice because it leads into this idea that this battle and this kind of journey and legacy of pokemon is still ongoing uh that it didn't end with x and y that sun and moon is now an extension of this world I think it was a surprise to the fans, too, because I'm sh- pretty sure everyone was expecting, mm-hmm. after seeing all these other legendaries, they are like, oh, well, Terminus Cave, that's where you get the 50% form yep. of Zygarde. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to see the complete form of Zygarde, I'm pretty sure there were some people who geeked out. Oh, and, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I geeked out a little bit yeah. the first time I watched it. I'm like, oh, I was that's like, wait, cool. that's not the right Zygarde. But, yeah. but then I was like, oh, my God, that's a new one. Yeah, so. I know. And, that's, and it's getting people pumped, again, like you said earlier, for Sun and Moon. So... 
Very cool. And then we cut away uh, as the Zygarde is like kind of rising up and we get the logo for Pokemon Generations. And it pans out to the entire mm-hmm. planet there. The, yeah, the entire world of Pokemon. So you see all the different regions on the map. So I think that's also a play towards the sun and moon saying, oh, we're yeah. going beyond yes. the normal. We want to go above and beyond. Yeah. And that was it. That was the end of episode one. That was the adventure. And uh, what were your thoughts? So when we do these episodes, and you've listened, you know, a little bit of how this works, but we always kind of end with our final thoughts. So what are your final thoughts about this episode being the introduction to the Pokemon Generation series of minisodes? In my opinion, I feel like there weren't as many Pokemon as there could have been. I mean, we know there's 700, 700 plus some of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It's hard to fit all them into this short mini series, but um, it would have been nice to see a little bit more interaction, okay. but that also could have been bad because you yeah. get over- overloaded. As far as Pokemon Generations, the first episode goes, it does uh, make sure that it reaches the audience. It pulls in that the people who have been longtime fans and then also mixes in the current fans who may have had no experience with Pokemon, or to the younger generation of Pokemon fans. Which is cool. I like that. I like the fact that it really runs the gamut of... give. It's a love letter to anyone who has liked Pokemon at any point. Because in this first episode, yeah, even the new players who haven't experienced the old ones, they still know some of these Pokemon. They're going to know what a Caterpie is. They're going to know uh, some of these other ones that maybe even someone who played originally, maybe they won't know what you know some of these later Pokemon even are. But maybe it'll get them excited to want to play. Because I know there are probably a number of people who stopped playing after Red and Blue, or maybe even Yellow, and only got back into it because of Pokemon Go. And I think it's it's a smart marketing way to maybe get people to go and pick up the other games. I would agree with you. My thoughts on the episode, I thought it was a great introduction as well. I like the fact that they went through everything, that they kind of gave you the full array of all the games. Everything got a little bit of love. I thought the choices in the Pokemon they fought were interesting. There were a lot of ones out of left field that I had to kind of think a little bit more about. They weren't necessarily the ones that everyone comes to love and acknowledge. You know, Pokemon like Probopass... That's not a Pokemon that you're going to find in a lot of people's parties. Volcanion, maybe even not that one, because, again, bug types don't get a lot of love. That was cool that they picked Pokemon from the games that they originated from, too, to really kind of showcase them. I thought that was a really cool idea. And as far as, like, going from the game to the animation, Mm -hmm. I feel like with them switching the regions and, and everything was a little fast. You don't get a lot of explanation, which... I mean, they don't really have the time to do that, so you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. But I think they did do an overall good job of sequencing them correctly and making sure that they took the best of what they remembered from Pokemon. Absolutely. So now we have 17 more episodes in the series until December. So definitely go check those out on the official Pokemon YouTube because it's pretty cool pretty fantastic and i think anyone who likes pokemon in any way shape or form would really enjoy these shorts uh so next time wait we, yes do we get pokemon shorts oh my god can i have pokemon shorts <gasps> i want like a pair of shorts with like my favorite pokemon on them i just want like a vaporeon on it and and a pincer oh my god that'd be so great nintendo work this out work this out next time when we come back Whenever that will be our next mini-sode, we're going to talk about episodes probably two and three. We'll we'll do kind of a back-to-back talking about two different episodes. We'll talk about episode two, The Chase, and episode three, The Challenger, which, spoiler a little bit, 
both are in the worlds of Pokemon Red and Blue. Hey, how'd you like this? Did you have fun? No. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh. Yes, I had fun. Um, I don't normally do voice stuff. That's true. You're kind of our behind-the-scenes guy at the Questionable Endeavor Network. You do a lot of the really, like, the really, really important work that without it, we really couldn't have a network. So uh, I'm glad that you decided to come on here and join us for this episode. And maybe, who knows, maybe you'll be back for episode uh, two of these little kind of mini-reviews. We'd really like to have you. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Well, uh, once again, we have been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes scramble at the very last second to talk about something on YouTube and uh, Pokemon and anime. And once again, I'm Red. My name is Andy. I'm Blue. My name is Ray. And we will see you next time. This is where you say goodbye. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. To find out more about the show, visit tuningjapanese.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, on Twitter at tuningjapanese, and Tumblr at tuningjapanese.tumblr.com. You can also send us any questions, suggestions, or feedback by emailing the show at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Be sure to also leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Tuning Japanese is a part of the Questionable Endeavor Media Network. Visit questnnetwork.com for more information on our other podcasts in this network, including the Shadow Bay Podcast, Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, and the Geek and Gamer Guild.